0: welcome to the chasing goodness podcast great to be with you as always my name is matt kinzera i am your host along this grand adventure that we call life and that we call faith oh man so good so good life can be so crazy so wonderful so stressful so life-giving and man it's just good to hop on here every week and and just share a little bit and hear your thoughts. Had a great time. If you missed last week, check that out. Man, Justin Meyer, Dr. Justin Meyer, is just a, he's just a champ. And to honor Mental Health Awareness Week, it's so important that we, um, that we care for each other well. And if we don't consider each other's mental uh, health How then can we care for each other well? I don't think it's possible. So if you missed last week, make sure you check that out. As always, hop on the website. If you haven't checked out the seven-day devotional on there called Finding Faith Again, check it out. Check it out. It's been up for a while, and it's not going to be up for too much longer. It's going to be replaced likely by the end of the summer. So if you haven't gotten it, make sure you do that. Also, uh, be sure to check out the book. Bring it home. Haven't talked about it in a while. Should Should probably talk about it again, huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, that came out last November. It's available anywhere where you find your favorite books. You can get it on in regular book form. You can get it in book form for your Kindle or your tablet, whatever you use. And you can also get it in audio form. You can listen to this sexy low voice, read it right to you. and it's just a great um, it's for me, it's, it's you know it's one of those things that I just always I heard this this morning that what was it? I think over 80, around 80% of people make it a goal to, to write a book in their lifetime. <laughs> I'm like, here I thought I was special. But out of those uh, 80% of Americans that set that as their goal, only 1% make it happen. And so that's a little bit of what it was for me. This is something that I had on my goals list for Over a decade, probably close to 12, 15 years or so, and I just knew I had to make it happen, so that's what I did. And it's a little bit of a memoir, it's a little bit of a spiritual direction book, and the hope is that if you can listen to me as I try to find divinity and try to make sense even of my own life stories that has been a really important place for me as I just journeyed through life to to understand that okay, in all of those things, in the hilarious, in the heartbreaking, in the horrible, in all of it, there's this sense of that the divine was somehow some way present. And really the whole concept is, you know, journeying back, Yourself, we get so focused on you know taking on other people's beliefs or listening to the experts or what have you, and really, this book is about coming home to yourself. That you can find you can find a lot about yourself and you can find a lot about your faith, and I believe that you can find God. Right in the center of our own story. And we spend a lot of time like looking to books. We've spent a lot of time looking to the Bible for all of the answers. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. I think the the Bible is a great tool to use, but I don't necessarily think that it should be prioritized above our own lived experience, uh, above our own stories. Really in the Bible, we're hearing other people's stories, which is a great way to learn about God and about other people. But we can also learn such an important lesson by listening to our own narrative of our own stories. So the whole reason I wrote the book, Bring It Home, was so that as readers read my stories <laughs> that not not i don't think anybody will read those stories and be like oh i wish i lived matt's life i can't imagine that happening but i hope what i do hope is that as you read that book that you decide to explore your own stories maybe write down your own stories if you want to go crazy you don't have to publish a book but maybe just start jotting or maybe just sitting around the campfire with friends just sharing your stories and I'm hopeful that as you do that as you engage with your own life story with your own narrative that you'll find God there You'll find yourself. You'll find a connection between you and yourself You'll find a connection between you and God and you'll find a connection between you and other people And that's really what we're trying to do on this podcast while back I promised that we're going to do a little bit of a change around with the podcast and with kind of the branding of what we're doing. I've decided to definitely do that, but because life is so crazy, (laughs) I'm going to give myself a solid two to three months. And so we're going to kind of relaunch everything with just a new concept. It's not, it's not going to feel all that much new, but, but it's going to have a new concept and new focus around it. And we're going to launch that in the fall. So just keep your ears open for that. And this uh, summer, I'm going to be doing a lot of booking incredible guests so that when we relaunch things in the fall in a new way don't don't get me wrong we're going to keep doing this podcast every week through the summer but i'm going to line up some great guests for the coming year so we can just really hit the ground running so today here's what i was thinking um i've been driving a lot lately Uh, I have not said this on the podcast, nor do I feel like I in any way, shape or form need to formally announce it. But uh, myself, along with my family, we are relocating. We are relocating. We're staying in Wisconsin, but we're going to the other side of the state. We have lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for man. I, I moved there for college in 1994. Four at the ripe old age of seventeen, and minus about three years, uh, if even. Uh, I've lived in Eau Claire. My family has lived in Eau Claire. That's where I raised my kids, and uh, and now because of life circumstances. We have made the decision to move down, I mean, for those of you not very familiar with Wisconsin, we're moving down to the Madison area, so southeastern Wisconsin, um, partially to be closer to family, partially for a new uh, position with a nonprofit organization partially on it. He's partially for a change of scenery. So all that to say, I've had a lot of time in the car lately. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and things like that. And really through the podcasting world, I, you know, um, it, in my, we, we always call it faith deconstruction, right? When you like rethink what you believe, but I've done that, in a lot of areas in my life. I've, I've tried to rethink what I think, (laughs) rethink what I believe because I noticed how healthy it was for me in most ways. It seemed really healthy in my faith space. And so then I was like, well, if I, if I actually don't believe a lot of the things I thought I believed about my faith, well then what else in my life maybe do I think something that's not quite right. And I remember just in a lot of this research, I mean, the way I learn is through number one books. I love to read. I read, 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 read number two podcasts. I got into podcasts when I started making this pot. Well, a little bit the the podcast revisionist history by Malcolm Gladwell. If you don't listen to it, everybody should. That podcast was what inspired me to start this podcast. And I started listening to that about a year before I'd launched this guy. And, um, So I've been listening to podcasts for about five years and it's just a great space to hear some brilliant minds. You know, the the thing about books is that uh, your favorite author will put out a new book if you're really lucky every couple of years, more likely every, you know, four to five years. And if you can find that same person that you really, really connect to, whether they're an author, speaker, whatever, and if they have their own podcast, you get to listen to them like every, every week. It's pretty exciting. So I remember, you know, really when uh, in the middle of the pandemic and in the middle of like a ton of racial tension in our world, I remember just rethinking like um rethinking race and really discovering that, Hey, this is this whole concept, this thing that I was taught to believe from as young as I can remember that we're all different races, right? It's all just, if you really think about it, it's just made up. I'm not getting into that. That's what, not what this podcast is about, but It really messed with my mind that we have created something that isn't naturally there. That doesn't mean that we aren't from different, we don't originate in different, from different. Parts of the world that doesn't mean that there aren't different skin tone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the concept of race is just a a man made construct. And then you know, lately I've been really thinking about the the concept of gender as well. Right? It's all over the place. We're seeing you know what some would call a transgender movement, and but but in, in general, just this like this change in the way that especially young people in our culture are viewing gender, which then started to make me, you know, lately I've been questioning my whole thoughts behind that. I'm like, okay, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Where did I come up with the idea that it's male female period, right? Because all of us fall on a, even if you take those traditional viewpoints of male and female, like we all, we all fall on a different space in there. Like I've struggled my whole life because I'm a pretty feminine guy. <laughs> I I like, I enjoy things that, and and I live in ways that would be described by our culture and historically as more feminine traits but why are they feminine why is something you know the whole thing like it just it just it's it gets me going let me tell you it runs around in my head like crazy so I'm just trying to, to think through some of those things and so that got me thinking about this podcast which is A podcast about faith. It's a podcast where we do talk a lot about rethinking your faith, reimagining your faith, questioning things that maybe you've never questioned before, and then finding wherever that foundation is for you. You know, sometimes that foundation feels rocky, but I always say, you know, rock bottom is a great, great way, great foundation to build off of. So however far down you gotta go, for me, it was quite a ways down. And then you find that foundation, whatever it is for you, and then you start building off of that, which is where the book bring it home came from and you start discovering what your unique faith looks like because unfortunately what religion has done to faith is it has um it's made it into it's systematized it right so if you're this religion you believe this if you're this religion you believe that we've made it very black and white (laughs) when i was in in like uh evangelical circles right like they would say like if you're this then you're a christian if you're not then you're not right it was black and white and you know in my space of like deconstructing my belief system like that was one of the one of the things that absolutely had to go this idea that our faith should look universally similar right It just shouldn't because we all are unique individuals. We all have unique stories that we're living out. So then our faith should be different from person to person. I shouldn't try to follow this God or try to engage with the divine in the same way that everybody else does. Like that should be unique to each of us. And that, that is what should bring about like really meaningful and healthy conversations, Have you ever been, I'm sure many of you have, have you ever been in a small group uh, or in a meeting amongst church people where you felt as if you had to, like there's a, so maybe you're in a small group, right? And at the end of the little video you watch or at the end of the the book chapter that you read, there's some questions. And you probably were sometimes like tempted to answer those questions honestly but you knew like deep in your heart that you had to answer those questions right and I'm putting up some air quotes like you had to give the right answer otherwise people are going to think you're you know you're in trouble and they'll start praying for you and laying hands on you on the spot um so I think, wouldn't it be fun if we actually got to the core of of like what we believe uniquely, right? So we've lived in this environment where we all have to have the right answers (laughs) to the same questions. And it makes small group activities really boring because we're all just trying to give the right answer, which wouldn't it be far more exciting and interesting if we're sitting around with a group of people and we just share our viewpoints on things. And they might be different than your viewpoints on things. And then when you say something, it makes me rethink something. And when I say something, it makes you cause for a little bit of pause because it, you know, you maybe you've never thought of it before or whatever. Wouldn't that be like a much more life-giving space to be in? And I know the times when I'm around a table with people that I really value and the thing I love about it is, is not that we're speaking the same language, but that something somebody else says will give me something to consider or something to think about. And the beautiful thing is that I'm at this place in my life, especially not with everything, but especially regarding my faith, where I am open, I am fluid, I am willing to rethink so you know i'm just i'm there i've rethought so much of what i used to believe and i've changed what i used to believe that if you come toward me and you share something that's really life-giving and meaningful for you and it really it's it's not the way i think about faith oh my goodness like that to me that's exciting and it's opened up it's just opened me up to so much more you know i was having a conversation yesterday and i was just thinking about how i'm pretty sure like whatever god is whatever this divine mystery of the world of the universe is like i'm pretty confident it's way beyond anything our feeble little minds could consider and i know you've probably heard that said in church before but i'm i mean it in a different way if you know what i mean <laughs> like when you heard that said in church it was supposed to fit in within this perfect little construct when i say it i mean blow off the doors who knows who knows it's just gonna i just can't imagine that we could even consider truly how amazing divinity is that all be all that being said, that was kind of like a that was a buildup, <laughs> a 15 minute buildup. What I want to talk about today is simply and, and maybe the challenge for the day is simply to ask ourselves the question, whatever it is that we believe, whatever it is that we claim to be real or true about God, about the divine, about the great out there, about whatever title you want to put on this. Where did that come from? So many times, uh, and this is across all faith spectrums, right? I don't care what your faith background is. You probably at some point felt as if you had to defend or fit into a certain belief system, and this <laughs> this has just followed us throughout history. It just has. You know, somebody come. There's a belief system set in place somebody comes against it and what what is created a different belief system. somebody comes against that and what is created a different belief system and so religion has done a really great job of like creating all of these belief systems and all of us have engaged with some or many of those belief systems throughout our life and that has that has that has certainly informed, what it is that we claim to believe. And so we spend a lot of time in religious circles trying to defend what we believe, or maybe even trying to, you know, again, talking about Christianity, trying to convince others to believe the way that we believe because it's obviously the right way. (laughs) You know, we spend so much time doing that, that we often forget to ask ourselves the question, where did I get this thing that I'm defending so fiercely? (laughs) Where did it come from? I always think of this specifically when Christian people or people of any faith background that have a book at the center of their faith, like when Christian people take the Bible and they are willing to fight to the death over what is in there and they are willing to say that everything that's in this book this series of letters and writings like that everything in there is perfect and everything in there is how we should live our lives and we should base all of our lives off of the writings of these this really small amount of authors throughout history and that history cuts off at a very defined space as well and and so many so many defend it so strongly going so far as you know you've heard this right it's calling it the Word of God fine I mean call it what you want to call it but that is that is putting such precedence in this book and a lot of people what I've discovered because when people come toward me with that sort of idea in their minds hey that's fine right we all get to believe what we believe the challenge that I at least want to put out there though is, Okay, if you believe that the Bible is what we should base our lives off of, that's that's fair, man. Jesus is in that Bible, so let's base our lives off of him. I don't have a problem with that. But if we're going to believe that it's perfect and without error, that that's a little bit more problematic for me. And then... If, if somebody comes toward me and they're defending their belief because of what the Bible says, which is pretty common in my life anyway. And then I always want to just engage them. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Sometimes I am, but usually I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just really trying to engage in meaningful conversation. That's been helpful to me. And I always want to know like where, why do you believe that way? And I think probably the minority of people who claim to be Christian and claim to have this belief of the Bible as being like an Aaron. I think the majority of those people have as from, from my personal experiences, the majority have never even done any sort of research into understanding like why that is. And any research that may have been done is very one-sided research. Like it's very much just from Christian authors who believe the same thing, but there's some really valid questions that have to be, be asked when a group of people decide that a group of writings is going to be the spiritual foundation for a religion, right? And that's that's how the Bible came to be. Uh, So we have to ask those questions, like why do we believe what we believe? And whatever the answer is is okay. And whatever the answer that you decide is okay, but I think we do ourselves a great disservice And just blindly believing something because somebody told us it was true. And so, you know, and then take that a step further, right? Okay, so that's, let's, let's, where did we start? Where do we start believing this about the Bible? Who taught me this? Why do I think this way? What would be different if I didn't think this way? Would my life be better or worse if I didn't think this way? Would I be more loving and kind and caring or? Less loving and kind and caring. And what I discovered is when I started rethinking the way I look at the Bible, I believe people around me could totally disagree, which is their right. I believe that I became a more open, more caring, and more loving human being because when I changed the way I viewed the Bible, suddenly it opened up the doors for a a lot more people, including everybody, to be a part of this beautiful kingdom of heaven that we talk about. And when I took the Bible as being like every word has to be 100% true, I, I came into some pretty pretty tough spaces where I felt like I had to exclude some people. So that's with that. But then, you know, take, take that with every bit of your journey and start asking yourself the question like, why did faith become important to me in the first place? Like, where did that come from? And for some of you, I'm guessing, you know, I, I've met a lot of people and I've heard a lot of people's stories where it's like, yeah, like faith, God, none of it mattered to me. And then, you know, I had this experience or I, I went to this church service or I went to this concert or I went to this thing and all of this crap that I felt like I was dealing with. I felt like I came up with some answers like I, I felt like I understood somewhat what grace meant for the first time. And when I heard that it could be applied to my life, like that was so meaningful because finally I could start to get rid of all of these burdens that are keeping me up at night and that are causing me to be a person I don't want to be. So a lot of people like that's, that's where faith started, which is beautiful. Like, awesome i love that so much that because of your engagement with faith or your engagement with god or your engagement with jesus that allowed you to release some burdens that you had in life and allowed you to become more the person that you wanted to be man that's a great story and that's a beautiful story and that story matters a great deal that story doesn't get you to the details of your faith there's more work that you have to do to figure that out right but it makes it alive and it makes it meaningful and it's really important and it's important that you understand this is where i'm coming from because when you come from a place if, if your story is like what i just shared you're coming from this place that's so very meaningful and impacting it like that that story probably was one of the most impactful things that happened to you in your in life and so of course of course you're going to want to help people to engage in that same belief system that you do or that same concept of Christianity as you do because it was so and is so meaningful to you and that's that's a good thing but it's it's also really important to remember why we believe what we believe for me you know I believe what I believe because some man I don't I don't I just came into this world desiring equality (laughs) I just did. I came into this world wanting humans and animals and cre- like I wanted it all to be okay. And I wanted us all to take care of one another. I didn't care old, young. I didn't care if you were a turtle or a human. Like <laughs> just some of my earliest memories are like, I remember this time when like the the jerky neighbor kids killed a turtle. And I remember how like, how upset I was at that. And I was I was probably maybe two years old, and that memory, I could, I could go to Boscobel, Wisconsin, and find the street where it happened. So I just came into this world wanting everybody to be okay, wanting everybody to be safe, wanting everybody's voice to be heard, wanting everybody to be on the same playing field. And so then when I, because I've been going to church my whole life up until the last number of years, but you know, I grew up Catholic and, and so when I would go to church, what I would listen for and what I would want to hear is the voice of equality, the voice of equity, right? And so when I would hear stories of Jesus, that's what I would hear. That's why I thought it was so awesome. That's why I thought Christianity was so amazing that and I am a big nature like I love nature and for as long back as I can remember I used to just hike in nature sit in nature I I still do to this day and I, I did it from as far back as I can remember and and I also remember thinking, like, yeah like this this is all way too amazing for there not to be some sort of God behind it all. I can remember having that exact same thought, and um, so those are kind of the two places where my faith comes from. I didn't have this big conversion story or anything like that. I had this this just deep, deep deep seated belief in in equality and this this wonder of nature that's how i would say it that's where mine came from and so you ever hear somebody say that they've got a non-biased opinion there's no such thing (laughs) especially in faith spaces right i mean maybe there's such a thing i i haven't found that space in my own life so when i talk about faith or when i talk about god there is going to be a deep-seated bias toward equality So I'm not going to talk about, you know, my God's going to be a God of equality. So you better believe that I have a problem when people's religion or people's faith makes them believe that certain people are going to heaven, certain people are going to hell. Like that, that's no good for me. That doesn't work for me (laughs) at all. And so, but I'm going to have an extreme bias towards a, a faith that promotes equality. I'm going to have extreme bias toward, you know, for the longest time, like, Like women speaking, that shouldn't still be a thing, but it still is, right? Yeah, I'm gonna want women up front. I'm gonna want, uh, you know, I'm gonna want church to look very diverse. I'm gonna wanna hear the voice of people who are gay, you know, non-bind, ever. Like, I want us all to have a voice. I really do. And to me, that to me, the God I serve has to fit into that construct and the God that I serve it has to be like a, like we're all in this together, like nature as well. You know, I'm not just talking about climate, although that's included in there. I'm just talking that we as humans, we share this earth with trees and plants and animals and, and we all matter just as much. And that the wonder of what happens in nature to me, like that has to somehow include divinity that has to somehow include god and if it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me so those are my like extreme biases so if you come up to me and want to have a conversation of faith you won't have to listen very hard to hear those things that's where i'm going to lead every time and i have to be aware of those things as well um partially so i understand my biases and then partially so i understand what's going to upset me when somebody could say it right both of those are are true And then, you know, I think as, as people who call ourselves Christians, for those of you who fall into that category, I think the other thing that, that we owe ourselves some thinking about. So I mentioned the Bible and then I mentioned like the, the origin of your beliefs, the origin of your faith. And then the last thing that I would say, and I mean, you can take this a million different ways. I'm just going to give you three on this podcast today. But I think the other thing is we really have to wrestle and spend some time like deeply considering Jesus. So, so Jesus is the central figure to Christianity. And so if that is true, then we have to understand why we believe what we believe about him. And I don't care what it is. I promise you, like believe what you believe. I'm not too concerned with what you believe about Jesus. What I am concerned about is, is where that came from and why you believe that. And I'm not so much concerned about it for myself as I'm concerned about it for everybody listening. Because if we're just believing something because some religious leader taught us it when we were 14 years old in the basement of whatever, you know, is that really a reason to believe something? And uh, man, this Jesus piece has gotten me in a lot of a lot of hot conversations because when you rethink it, it messes with a lot of what people feel as their foundations. And when you mess with people's foundations, people do not tend to like that very, very much and so this is this has gotten into some some tough conversations but i think if jesus specifically his life and and his death and resurrection like those two parts about jesus if if that's the central part of a christian faith and if we want to call ourselves a christian we need to wrestle with where we have our thoughts and beliefs in faith about jesus and where they come from and you know people are always like really like this idea of jesus death and resurrection and what it does for us like there's there's kind of this modern belief for sure but it's just a theory it's an idea and it's an idea that's not all that old and there's been a lot of other theories throughout history around jesus life or specifically around Jesus' death and resurrection. This this idea of like penal substitution is what it's, what it's... I just hate that title, that name. But that's kind of what it's known as, right? Like Jesus took our place, so our sins are forgiven by his death on the cross and God put out his wrath upon him. You know, it's when I say it out loud, it's, it still sounds crazy to me. I can't believe I believed it so deeply for so long. Um, but again, if that's what you believe, it's okay. You just have to work through that. Um, so... Whatever. So there's been different ways to think about that. So this way, this kind of newer way, this way that a lot of us experience in the evangelical world and maybe some more mainline faith denominations, it's not the only way it's ever been thought through. And you can read the writings of the early church fathers through different lenses and it'll... It'll sound different, And <laughs> it you know? So just spend some time thinking about where that came from, why you believe it, and consider if that's still what you believe. And again, is what you believe about Jesus and about his death and resurrection, is what you believe about that, is that making you a more kind, loving, and caring person? And what I found is that when I believed in, in this idea of like a wrathful God, when I believed in this idea that Jesus had to die for my sins and had to shed blood so that I could be forgiven. Um, like though all of, ah, I just, for so many years that like haunted me, I don't know how else to say it haunted me because it didn't fit it didn't fit with the way that I the the human that I am and the way that I see this world and so it was really important for me in my deconstruction in my rethinking and reimagining my faith to rethink and reimagine and discover where it was that I first got that message from and consider whether i wanted to hold on to it or not and this was a hard one for me this was a hard one for me because i held on to it so tightly for so long and i believed it to be true for so long that to let it go to open my hands and just be free of it man it felt good but there was nothing so difficult that i've ever done so anyway i hope that was encouraging to you i hope that wasn't just a bunch of mumbo jumbo but faith is really important to a lot of us in this world. And in order to have coherent thought provoking, meaningful conversations with faith at the center, it's important to understand where our faith is rooted. And I don't mean that it's rooted in Jesus. I don't mean any of that kind of stuff. I mean, where did we, where did you individually come to believe the things that you believe and where are your biases that make God look a certain way to you? And that's not. I don't say that in a negative way. I just say that, being totally honest and transparent, we all have our biases. God has to look a certain way for us to understand and believe with him, believe in him, in her, them, it. However you view God, you know. And so, as we as we move forward in faith, let us be cognizant and aware of where our belief in the divine comes out of and let us also be aware of how unique and beautiful each and every one of us is and how that should make all of our faith stories wildly and wonderfully unique man this has been fun all right i got going a little bit i got excited about this one so i hope you enjoyed it let me know what you think give me your thoughts find me on social media you can find me on instagram and on facebook the last name's a doozy guys it's k-e-n-d-z-i-e-r-a first name is matt you can also find this podcast chasing goodness on facebook as well and let's keep going friends let's keep chasing goodness together